Today's topic is about the true costs of caregiving. We're going to talk about the financial and the personal costs of caring for a loved one. We're talking about an aging parent or family member. And to help me with that, I'm going to bring about some emotions and some insight from my experience caring for my mother who passed away last year. But to help me with it, because it is a very difficult topic to talk about, I'm bringing in a special guest, Linda Burhans, who is the gal who cares for caregivers. She's written a book on the topic, and she's an expert in caregiving. So hopefully you'll learn a few tidbits about caring for a loved one. What you are about to hear is a fun and educational show about financial issues. Join Dan Wendell and his co-host, Tony, as they explore topics related to retirement planning. No matter how close you are to retirement, it's time to listen to another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Hello and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio. I'm Dan Wendell, host of the show. Alongside me today, I have a special guest, Linda Burhans. She is the gal who cares for caregivers, and she's going to help me talk about the true cost of caregiving today. She's got some great insight. She's got some great ideas as well, and we're going to get to that in a moment. But before we do, I'll let Linda introduce herself. Hi, I'm Linda Burhans, the gal who cares for caregivers with love, laughter, and lessons learned, because I have a lot of all of that. Um, I am a caregiver advocate. I do support groups and workshops. I have a radio show for caregivers but I just want to help caregivers find some joy in the journey. I always say caregiving can be the most horrific experience of your life or close to beautiful, depending on how you handle it. <laughs> That's so true. I didn't really appreciate that until I went through the experience myself. And it's kind of like retirement planning. I do retirement planning right. and people say, well, you're not retired, so how do you know what it's like? I've done it enough, but you can only get so much from an outside perspective. And uh, and after your journey is over and you're still not in it, that's a whole different thing too because I'll tell you, people come into my support groups and they'll say to me, mom keeps repeating the same thing 50 times. And I always say, I'm very sorry, that's part of the disease. Well, recently my brother came to visit who has Parkinson's and dementia. And he walked in and asked me to fax something. I don't have a fax machine. And this went on for like three hours. So I took him somewhere and it was God reminding me that when you're not in it, you don't get it either. You may have lived it, but until you're back in it again, it's a whole different thing. And that is one of the fundamental problems we have right now, at least I have for my clients, is planning for it, prepping yeah. for it. And first of all, um, long-term care is getting to become a big issue in this country. Yeah. Lifespans are increasing, but as we get older, we're not necessarily in a position where we're just young and uh, bountiful and we can spring right. across, right? We, we get older physically, but also mentally. And that's causing some major, yes. major problems. Now in the past, if we're going back several generations, we lived together. So right. you kind of lived with your parents and your grandparents and that's the way it was. But now that we're, you know, my parents live, lived in New York, I'm in Florida. Yeah, we have that issue, but then you also have a generation of children that are 40 years old that are still living with their parents. Yeah. Now, how are they going to take care of anybody? Those are called the boomerang children. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, you throw them out and they come right back. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the boomerang children, and then, but you also have, then you have the people in the middle, the sandwich generation. Right. So you got, they're taking care of their 30-year-old, they're taking care of their aging parent, and they're in trouble. Yeah. And no one's taking care of them. Nobody. 
but they don't want to talk about it. People don't want to talk about long-term care. They and don't want to talk about it. Everybody's doing it though. It's on every corner. It's in every house. And and it's so funny, even like when someone walks into a support group, they, they walk in and they say, Oh, there's a whole bunch of people here just like me. Yeah. Yeah. They're everywhere. Are you finding that more uh, the stats show that it's mostly women taking care of well, women just parents. live longer? Yeah. Living but not not the the women that need the caring, but the caregivers are mostly women. Yeah. Because uh, you're born to be a caregiver. A woman's born to be a caregiver. It's something you do. Do you are you seeing more grandkids or is it still children that are taking care of their parents? Um it's starting to be with grandchildren because with grandchildren because now too we're getting diagnosed with dementia at 50 years old. This is crazy. Yeah. And so um planning and when, I, when I, a 20 year old comes to a support group and is taking care of mom that has dementia that's 50 years old they're not even grown up yet no i mean i, I was i was reading somewhere i think 26 is the age at which your brain stops growing yeah. or you stop maturing right um this oh my goodness and they've never had it we don't have the conversations you think they're having any conversations there was a, I got a call one time for my radio show. A woman said, I'm calling for my neighbor. He wants to say thank you. She said he cares for his mother. He's 29 years old. He's a landscaper. He cares for his mother who has dementia. He's the only family member there is. He, the other day he gets really frustrated with his mom, has an argument with her, leaves the house, slams the front door, and gets into his truck and turns the car on, and my show was on the radio. Well, he didn't know that someone could come in and bathe his mother. And he hasn't been taking care of her properly. So now he has a home health care company and he comes in twice a week to bathe his mother. So he wanted to call up and say thank you because he doesn't speak very good English. And then his mom wanted to say thank you too. That is a very specific example that I want to harp on because one of the things that I experienced with my mom, there was a point where she needed that type of care. You know, just transferring her from the bed diapers yeah horrible right and now i did that with my kids no problem that was part of the deal right, right? and i had twins so i got pretty good at it <laughs> yeah. and my wife if she's listening she says you didn't do it i did all <laughs> yeah, of, of course but i was there and i did a lot of the diaper changing but with to, to do that for your mother or father it's really difficult emotionally yeah i never thought i would ever have to change a diaper on my mother and my both my parents i had to at some point and i never thought thank god they were at the point where they were pretty accepting of it and I think they were glad it was me and they trusted me and, but it's tough. And so the emotional cost, it can be very draining. Yeah. Hearing the same story over and over again, people get the, oh, that's so annoying, but having to do the physical parts of bathing, you know, helping them eat. And then you get to be worried about the money and, the and money. you get to worry about the doctors. You get to be worried about if they're being diagnosed correctly. Now, are they on the right meds? But people don't want to go into a nursing home. No one does. No. And people have, do you, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing here, but from my conversations, anecdotally, my clients don't want to go to a nursing home and they don't want to put their parents in a nursing home because they feel it's cruel. It's abandoning them. Well, okay, first of all, years ago, you know what nursing homes were like. We call them the home. Yeah, they were horrific. Up. Yes. They were horrific. And people at that time too, just put them in the home. Just like sometimes at home, they just put them in the room. They mm -hmm. put them to bed. Mm -hmm. And 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 that's what it, what it was. Nobody wants to go into a nursing home. But if we don't start making preparations and we start doing the, we're going to have nursing homes everywhere else and nothing else. 
That's true. I but I. So what are we going to do with all these people? Well, we, that's the idea. What are we going to do? What can we do to prepare? You have to prepare financially because it's not cheap. I was looking at a private nursing home, Tampa area, close to a hundred thousand a year. Yeah, that's a private nursing home. But if you go on a low end, you're at at least sixty, seventy thousand a year. I'm telling but, my girlfriends, I'm like, we should buy a five bedroom house on the Gulf. And five of us live there, or six-bedroom house, and have one room where a nurse would live there full-time. That could be much more affordable. They're going to re- do a reboot of the Golden Girls yeah. and put a nurse in there? But really, why not? That's affordable. Uh, I think it's a great idea. Because I mean, I'm selling you on Monday. If I want to keep my pajamas on all day, I don't want somebody bossing me around. <laughs> but parents are living with their kids longer, and yeah. grandparents, so maybe we're heading toward that way. We're going back. To the multi-generational families. Well, plus the, both both of this, the people have to work today, so they need babysitters. That's what started when mom came home. Mom came home to start with the babysitting. And then all of a sudden it started turning around, turning around, that the ones that she's babysitting for are now going to help her. This is true. So the, the parallel between stay-at-home moms caring for children and now working moms leaving to care for aging parents. Right. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. And as a country, we understand, oh, okay, mom and dad want paternity leave. Even paternity leave is kind of new, right? Yeah. But maternity leave, people don't think twice about that much anymore. That's okay. Yeah. Do we have, what would it be? Uh, Give me a break Respite leave, leave or yeah. you know, caring for an elderly leave? Well, caring for mom. You know, we talked a little bit earlier today about adult daycare. Mm-hmm that can give respite care to the people and can also be very good for your loved one because now they're not isolated at home by themselves. And I think big companies, not all, not just big companies, but all companies, gotta start looking at adult daycare on site. I agree. I think that's something, I mean, it's gonna happen. It it's, has. Or, the baby boomer generation is going to be living a lot longer, but health-wise, it's not there. I think something's gotta give. Right. Um, but think about this, the the cost, uh, even the cost of adult daycare, which people still don't realize exists, right? I, when I say, mentioned it, people kind of giggle, yeah. like, oh, what is that? Yeah. Um, it's exactly what it is. It's you drop your, in, and you drop your uh, aging parent off and you pick them up. And you tell them it's the club. <laughs> is that the, is that yeah, the, it's the club, it's the gym, it's the, okay. it's the rec, or it's where they go to volunteer. There you go. Oh, that's a good one. Because then they feel useful. Right. You don't want to make it like it's the romper room going right. down. Um, but that's not cheap either. <laughs> it's a, it, you pay, just like daycare is not cheap for a kid. No. It's the same with an adult. What's right. the difference, really? In right. fact, it might be even more but cheap. But the amount of money it, it costs you to put them in daycare, the money is going to save you an aggravation and you having to go to the doctor and everything else, it really is cost effective. Well, not only does it save you money, um, well, it saves you the aggravation and the difficulty. It gives you a break, but it allows you to go to work right. and get money, right? Because right. if you think about a stay-at-home mom, there's a couple of things that happen. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the same exact things that happen if you're caring for an aging parent. You don't go to work, so therefore you lose your salary. Right. Not only do you lose the income, but you're probably losing it during your peak wage years, right? Fifties and late, you know, early sixties. Yeah. That's when you're making the most possible money you right. can, just because you worked your way up the corporate right. ladder. That's exactly when aging mom happens, right? So now you're going to leave the workforce just at the peak of your earning. You're going to maybe so, lose the uh, 
part of your pension. You lose your pension benefits. Right. If you don't have a pension, which most people don't, you have 401k, you're losing the 401k right. match. So you're not contributing to retirement anymore. Right. Your social security work history is being depleted. Exactly. Because it takes your top 30, 35 years. So you can have some zeros. Right. All of a sudden we see, wow, this isn't cheap. Maybe a hundred thousand to the nursing home is a bargain. Yeah. That's frightening. Because like I did, the, I did the math when we had uh, our oldest Peter. Um, we both worked. We were able to pull it off. But when we had the twins, my wife looked at me and was like, <laughs> "No way." She's like, "You staying home or I?" Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just the cost to put three kids in daycare yeah. is outrageous. So the cost to put someone into adult daycare or a nursing home might seem outrageous, but what's the alternative? So the alternative is you stay home and raise it as a grandchild or as a child. Or well, they're home and you have, and you have to hire a home health care company to come in to take care of them because they really can't be left alone. But if they're at adult daycare, that's but, different. But even an adult uh, coming into the home home health care, that's got to be sometimes. That's you, more expensive than it, right, adult daycare. Right. You're looking and it's only going to be during work hours. You're still going to be looking at thirty five thousand dollars a year. Right. Which to most people. It's not happening. When people live from paycheck to paycheck. So what are we going to do about this? This is the, this is the well, thing. Well, I'll tell you, so, I just came back from Germany. Okay, so I, I so got you, to visit. Did you go Oktoberfest? No, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. We, we did a show on Oktoberfest. My granddaughter's going to be moving there, so I will get uh, plenty of opportunity to go back. Oh, really? Yeah. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Yeah, I'm learning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I got a, an opportunity to go to, well, first I went to a memory cafe, which was very interesting because they have memory cafes all over the United States, and it was exactly the same as here, just it was a different language. The same issues, the same everything. But I also got to go to this uh, residential community where college students live with seniors. And the college students get to leave for free or for a very small amount, but they cook for the senior, they do the senior's laundry, they remind the senior to take their medication, they take the senior to the doctor, to the supermarket or whatever. And it's like a, a, a dorm. So one side of the hall is the senior's rooms and the other side of the hall is the student's rooms. So they don't sleep together, but you know they live together. I think that's brilliant. If you think about it, I wonder how much that costs for the yeah, senior. Yeah, I, I couldn't I, since I don't speak German. It was right. a little difficult, right. but the I will find out more. Lost in lost in translation <laughs> yeah. and currency exchange. Yeah. But well, we did a show on seniors going back to school, and and we're talking people in their sixties going back to school, but more some to learn, but more for the social. Yeah. Um, and they suggested that the interaction between. Um, the younger students with a, a more mature person in the classroom actually boosted their creativity and yeah. their learning, but that was not cheap. Uh, I think it was University of Arizona, and it was um, you had to pay eight hundred thousand for the two bedroom or something like that. But when you pass away, eighty five percent of it goes to your beneficiary. Oh. So, but yeah. but you have to have the money to do it. You have to have the money to do it. Right. Right. It's like tuition. Right. right. But, but so people don't have the money. They don't have the money for no. adult daycare. They don't have the money for a nursing home, home health aides. So they wind up staying home. But if you do the math, you're missing out. So it's usually going to be one. It's going to be a, one of the kids bears the brunt. When when my mom, <clears throat> when she was at, she had cancer. When she was at the end, um, my dad took care of her. My dad was capable, but it became a full time job. Out. He was totally worn out. Yeah. You don't see it because I'm here in Florida. My and brother's he's fine when he talks to you on the phone. He's fine. Yeah, mom's doing all right. You know, yeah. there's always that hope. But when you go there and you see it, 
and you see that he became a chemist, and you know, with all yeah. the drugs and what this and a clock, yeah. and he had, you know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this, and I'm in my prime. He's got to be struggling. And I saw it, and we witnessed just, he became robotic. He became detached emotionally from it, which I think was a coping mechanism. Right. But it wasn't fair to him. Yeah, what kind of life is that? But we didn't opt to go with hospice care at a facility. We did it at home. Yes. And my oldest brother, I have three brothers, my oldest brother left Florida, left his job. I mean, he, he's self-employed, but he stopped working. And he said, I'm going to go up there, and I'm just going to stay there until I have to stay there. Good boy. And now my three, my two other brothers and myself kind of looked at that and said, well, that's, you know, we don't want you to bear that burden, but he took it upon himself. And that was a blessing for me. I mean, I went up there and I did my time as, mm-hmm. as I was calling it, but right. it was like, cause it was not fun. You yeah. know, mom was not really herself. She was, she right. was a different person at that time, but the cost to my brother and to, to me and to my other brothers was immense. Just drop what you're doing. Now, luckily we could afford it because we had saved or we had, we're in a, I'm in a job. I work for myself. So there's no one saying you're fired. But can you imagine my, my other two brothers couldn't do that. And what happens to the, what happens to the, the couple that has no children? Exactly. Right. That's why you have children, right? (laughs) (laughs) Grandchildren. I'm putting up with my children right now for (laughs) this. I hope my kids are listening. They do the outro of the show. So, but what, all right. So let's, so that works for me. That worked for you. And that, and that's wonderful. And I'm very happy about that, but that's not for most people. It's not for most people. And, even if there are children, my brother took that burden and he took it on the chin, yeah. but you know, God bless him for doing that. But I saw it went drawing on him after three weeks. I, I yeah. was up there looking and he, you know. It's he was, hard to see your loved one failing, people mm-hmm. that you love so much. And the, the, the and dynamics. And you know it's not gonna get better. The dynamics between family members was tough too. Yeah. So what do people do? Do you buy long-term care insurance? Yeah. If you can, you can't afford that either. I just if you had, start young enough, though, isn't it the younger you start, the better you are? Yes, but I have a client, or several of them actually. They got letters from a, their insurance, long-term care insurance, ninety-eight point three percent increase in their premium over the next three years. I'm not even joking about that. Basically, they're paying double. So some of them aren't even going to be able to pay it. And you know who's keeping it? Oh, the ones that don't have kids. Because they're talking to me, and this is—they're asking me what to do, right? Because I'm the closest thing to a child that they have, right? Right, and I'm looking at it and saying, "Yeah, this is this is going to strain the budget," but you need it. What else are you going to do, right? And they're thankful they have it in a way, but they hate the fact that they have to pay. Now I keep telling them, "Look on the bright side—you got a really good deal for the last 15 years." They underpriced you because they didn't expect what to have happen, right. you know. And they got some but, nice, but they probably feel I started in the beginning. It should be the same always. That's what I'd be thinking if it was me. Totally. But the insurance companies pled to the states. The state said, yeah, you're going to go bankrupt if you don't. All the companies are pulling out. They don't even sell this anymore. Yeah. It's, it's so minimal now. Yeah. So what people are doing is they're buying long term care that's built into life insurance. People that's more palatable. Yeah. I'll buy a three hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy that if I die, at least my kids get that. But if I need it to pay for a nursing right. home, I'll spend it down myself and nothing's left for the kids. 
and I'm suggesting if you're listening to this and you're saying, I can't afford that, well, maybe your kids can. Have them yeah, pay for it. Exactly. I would have been glad to pay for long term care. Wouldn't you? For my parents. I it was tell too us late the people for them. all the time. Right. I tell us the people all the time. All chip in for Christmas, buy your parents a policy. And every year pay the premium. You should start that. Yeah. Christmas gift. It's a great idea. I think it is. And you just get used to it. And I think basically you're budgeting because who's going to pay for it? If you don't pay for it now, your parents are going to pay for it. Right. So they're going to spend your inheritance anyway. Right. And or at that time, you're going to have to make some hard decisions then. So why not budget for and it? And maybe you just know, too, you're not the one that's going to be a good caregiver. <laughs> you know, some people are not good at caring Talk for people. Talk to me about that. You know, they got to they gotta say, well, I need to do something different. I need to put some money up here to, you know. Were you a good caregiver for your mom? I thought I was. You wrote a book on it. Yeah, but I'm a comedian, too. So that's, that's part of being, I think, a good caregiver. I don't know. I, I, I lost my business. I lost my business during my caregiving experience. I was a party planner and a caterer at the time. There was no time to be doing any of that. Everything stopped. Everybody went away. Nobody wants to believe your person is sick either. That's the really hard part. Well, yeah, c- coming to grips with That's that. That's when you, because you said about the, the, the costs, the emotional costs, the heart costs, when someone you thought was going to be there or, would, or someone was just going to ask you how you were and nobody. That's why when a person comes into a support group, the first two things that they say, my life wasn't supposed to be this way, and what happened to my family and friends? Well, you find out who your true friends and family are. Right, but sometimes they're taking care of their family too. Yes, it's true. It's not that they don't want to. And They're stuck in the same situation you're in. It was, it's true. I don't think anything more or less of my brothers because I know that they had their own problems. Right, and everybody Uh, has different personalities. True. You know, my my mother was dying. My brother wasn't like getting through his his head. You know, and I kept wanting him to come and wanting him to come, and he wasn't doing what I thought he should be doing. And one day I realized he was with her the longest. He was the youngest. He lived with her the longest alone, and it was so painful for him to see her that way that he couldn't do it. And when I did that, then I was okay. Then I realized that he was just doing the best he could. And when the day came, I said, you need to be on the plane now. He was on the plane immediately. Right. But sometimes you got to do something a little forgiving with your brothers and sisters too. Have you, I don't want to open this scar, but I want to talk more about how the fact that you lost your business. That, that's what we spoke about in the beginning. The, you, you stop your job. You stop your income. You stop your savings for retirement. Yeah, and then I start, and then I start taking money out of my four hundred one k to pay my mortgage. And if you're under fifty nine and a half, you got pay penalties for that. Oh, I did. Every penalty there was, I paid. <sighs> I had to. I had to end up claiming bankruptcy. See, this is that's <clears throat> emotional. That's an emotional. Oh my situation. god, that was horrifying. It wasn't until one day my dad, who was bedridden at the time, he said, "Just do it, Linda." Well, my dad said I could do it. It was okay. But it was embarrassing. It was humiliating. It was, you don't want anybody to know you did that. Right. That's other people do that. Yeah. People that just waste the money on right. buy junk. Right. I, I didn't do that. I was doing that to eat, to pay the Duke Energy, to, you know. How do you, what would you say to somebody that is facing this situation? Because let's be real. Long-term care insurance is great. Having a family member that could do it is great, but not everyone has it. So they have to make a decision. Do I 
do I try and have my parents go on Medicaid and let the state right. take them? Or do I quit my job and bear the burden? Because you took that, you had that choice. You right. could have spent down your mom's assets. Right. And you could have said, mom. I could have told my brother and sister, you're not getting that money, I'm using it. Right, I'm using it. Or you could have said, um, let's spend it and I'm gonna right. let someone else take but care you know, of it. they her. didn't even get it. They didn't get it. They just didn't understand. Because they weren't in it. No. Like, I, I think they were disappointed in me. Financially. Really? Yeah. Which was very interesting. What do you say to someone that's facing that decision? Do I declare bankruptcy? Do I do I take out of my own pocket to take care of my mom? Or do I l try and let the state come in? And Because it is a it's decision. It's a hard decision. It's a financial it's a decision, decision, but it's so emotional. Well, one of the big things I think you need to do is you need to build a community for yourself. And we need to have a lot more conversation about this with your neighbor, with your friends from Kiwanis, with your people at church, because we're not talking about this. And we can find ways to work together as communities that is gonna help in some ways. So for instance, and this is just a teeny little thing, but there's a woman that comes, two women that come to my support groups and their moms are both about the same diagnosis. So on Tuesday, the one woman takes both of the moms for four hours. On Thursday, the other woman takes both of the moms for four hours. And on Fridays, the four of them go out together for lunch and go to a movie. But now they each got four hours of respite care a week that they didn't have before. And they're in it with somebody that's in it exactly like they're in it. So if mom does something a little screwy or whatever, it's okay because next week it'll be the other mom's turn. Um, that's just a teeny piece, but we need to start building more communities like that. How valuable would you say that four hour break is <sighs> having gone through it? And what's funny, People think, oh, you're gonna get that four hours, you're gonna go get, get your hair cut, you're gonna do this. This is what you do, you sit in the chair. Breathe. Yeah, you just sit in the chair. Think about <laughs> maybe what I would like to do, or maybe what I, you know, and but, and, but see, that's another thing too. I wouldn't have given up a minute of it to be with my mother. See, that's a huge statement, because you put yourself in finance, you bankrupt, right. you bankrupted yourself, right. literally. Right. Um, and you have, that's ridiculous, and you were at an age where recovering from bankruptcy. It is impossible. Right. <laughs> Close to it. Right, you try going back to work. Right. Who's gonna hire you? Right. right? Oh, there's no ageism, oh please. Yeah, right? really. And then, you and you had, and, and normally people at your age, at that point, when you're taking care of a parent, you're at the point where now I have to double down on my retirement savings. Yeah. And you were doing the complete opposite. Yeah. You were spending it. Yep. So, but, you would still do it though. Yeah to be with my mom. Now. And hopefully what goes around comes around. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thought, isn't it? But what do you say to the people that, do you, because there are people that will say, I I don't want to bankrupt myself. I, I, I love my mom, but. I understand that. You know, do you look down upon them? Do no. You, I mean, cause. No, cause they need to take care of themselves too. Or they can't take care of mom. And who's going to take care of them? But we need to have the conversations and we need to have the conversations with our families early, 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 very early, you know, and, 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 and we're talking about a lot of preparation here. Let's think about your, your, your final wishes. Yeah. You got to get the legal documents in order. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just paid for my cremation this week. Ugh, it's terrible. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Right? Yeah. But you know what? It needs to be done. And if I just keep avoiding it and avoiding it, 
besides it not getting done, it's going to be a pressure on somebody else. The price is going to be triple because I'm going to be living for a while. That's it. So certain things you can prepare ahead of time. And, but that goes with everything. Retirement planning, yeah. you start when you're in your 20s, take more yeah. from your, your 401k than you need, yeah. and you won't notice it, right. right? You start prepping for, you get the legal documents, and who wants to hire a lawyer? Uh, you know. Right. But you do it. Yeah. Because you never know when you're going to need a power of attorney. Right. Right? You never know. I was just on an accident right here in front of my office on US-19. Someone cut me off. I T-boned him. Now, it was during rush hour, so I wasn't going fast. But if I was going fast, that that person may not have survived. Right. I may not have survived. Right. Or I could have been worse, disabled, yeah. right? right. Um, so you got to get that legal documents in order. But you're right. Those conversations need to start. And I'm a huge proponent. I think we should start a trend here. Getting the kids, if you have them, they should be the ones talking about it and paying for the care in advance. Yeah. Paying for the long-term care policy or the life insurance long-term care combo they're usually more than and then happy to do it. But why aren't the parents, why aren't the boomers talking to the kids about it? Because I don't want to stress my children. Oh, boy. And I definitely don't want to lose my power. Yeah, there is that. Yeah, I don't want you, you taking anything away from me. I don't want you telling me I can't drive anymore. I don't yeah. want you telling me that. Uh-uh-uh. Do you do, so you've done, You've you've helped that thousands of caregivers what are the what's the one or two top financial things that they say i wish i would have or i didn't realize financially well they know, they know nobody realizes how much assisted living is going to cost nobody realizes what memory care is going to cost no way the biggest things people say to me though is i wish i would have taken better care of myself or my mother i wish my health was better i didn't pay attention to that because i look at my neighbor who did and I see he may not have to ever go to that place that I'm going to have to go to. That's a good point. It's a very good point. Just caring for yourself. And you know who buys the long-term care and the who preps are the people that have gone through it with their parents. Right. Because they're like, I'm not doing that to my kids. Right. Right. But we need to take care of ourselves. You know, I go to the chiropractor twice a week. I go to curves three mornings a week. I walk three miles a few days a week. I can't be out there yakking this if I'm not doing it. And, and I see what happens every day. So I want to feel as good as I can feel for as long as I can. My mom was a big proponent of living while you're young, meaning she's like, we went on trips when we were in our yep. 40s and 50s. And yeah, we didn't have the money when we were older, but who cares? Right. And look what happened. She died at 72, but she did everything. No regrets. Yep. Now, if she needed longer term care, because she had cancer and she lasted about a year, I think. Um, if it was little, one of these dementia where you might live for 10 years with it. Right. That's that's even more difficult to prep for. Well, I tell you, it was interesting. When my mom moved into Freedom Square, there was a deal. We put down, I think, like 50 grand, 60 grand or something like that. So she started an independent living and then she'd be able to move to assisted living at the time and then she'd be able to move into a nursing home at the time if it was necessary and even if she ran out of money. And that's what we did. She was... The day she moved in there, we thought she was healthy. We didn't find out until four months later that she had stage four colon cancer. But that was our plan. So she'll be there for, you know, she'll be in the independent for right, a long time. Right. And, and da da da, da. Um, But we felt she was going to live a whole lo lot longer life. So that's how we covered our bases. Right. You got to prep in advance. And that would have been good. And we were very fortunate because my mom only lived there for like 18 months before she passed away. They did give us a good amount of that money back. 
but you're right. You, people don't ex- know how much it costs until, so I'll do some shopping now. Yeah. I mean, but even, even that conversation is tough. People don't talk about money and they certainly don't want to talk about long-term care, assisted living. Sickness? No. Death? Mortality, ex- ex- yeah. admitting that. Oh. But please get your papers in order. Yes. Please get your papers in order, especially your healthcare surrogate. Your, you know, like Lynn is all my stuff. My best friend is all my stuff. And she does the the podcast with me. Yeah, does the show with me. Mm -hmm. My sisters, I love my sisters. My sisters would leave me plugged in until I was 102. (laughs) Even if I couldn't speak anymore, you know what I mean? (laughs) Lynn will be like, done. (laughs) But that's, it's you need to think about that. I'll tell you, if I was laying in a bed, they were keeping me plugged in and I didn't want to be plugged in, I would be so angry. Do I want the last of my life being angry? Good point. But you can control that. Right. While you're sane, right. while you have your wits about you, yep. do it now. Yep. Why not? Yeah, and you, you can, can always, always change it. You can always change your mind, right? You can always change your mind until you can't. Yeah. And then it's too late. So I want to wrap up by saying that the, the financial costs are, are, are high, but you can manage it if you start early and work as a team. The emotional costs are even higher. Yes. What do you, And you still have your family and friends. Just get that support network. What do you? What is your advice to people that don't have kids where do they go if they need help there are caregivers that are going to hear this they're going to want to know what do i do how do they get how do they learn more from you what can they do to well for me they can just tune into my my show or go to my website lindaburhands.com there's a lot of references there there's a lot of good things but they need to build that community they need to be friends with their neighbors or their kiwanis people or their rotary people or their church people or whatever because they'll they'll kick in together They'll be there for you. Mm-hmm. They're the one that's gonna help you go to drive to the doctor when you can't go to the doctor so you don't have to pay somebody to take you to the doctor so your kid doesn't have to take you off from work. But we need to build those communities now when you're in your 40s and start building it, not you know, not all of a sudden, you know, I'm 75, I'm sick, I'm gonna be your friend. Right and, right. and and reach out and do something nice for a caregiver, please. Anybody that's listening to this show, don't wait for them to say, can you do this? Because they're not gonna say that. And don't say, what can I do to help me help you? Because you're just putting another burden on them. Oh, now I got to think about what she's going to help me with. No, just make dinner and bring it over. Just tell them I'm going to be there at Tuesday and I'm hanging out from Tuesday, you know, two to six. There was a woman came to one of listens to my show and she said, I'm a slow learner. She said, my husband's dementia is so bad that I can't even go to church anymore. I don't go anywhere and I want to go to church. She was finally... My neighbor's Jewish, and he's always asking if he could help me. She goes, I went over and said, you think you could hang out with my husband when I go to church? He said, I would love to do that. So she came home from church. They said, they're playing dominoes. We don't need you here. Go away. So she gets four hours every Sunday morning now. That's community. There it is. And that's and then the neighbor is so glad to see her husband. And, his, and one more thing, caregivers. As much as you think you're the bomb caregiver... Many times your loved one is saying inside, please go away, take a break. You're much nicer when you come back. <laughs> it's very true. Well, well if anyone um, wants more information, they can go, contact Linda. Um, you do a, a weekly podcast. Yes. LindaBurhands.com. You got it. Um, also, you do a tip of the day, right? Yeah, Tuesday tip, which is Tuesday. on uh, YouTube and Facebook. Yes. It's just those a little two-minute tip. Ex- very interesting. I love the new business cards you have that have 
the if you what, what does it on say on the back of the card it says um, the person I'm with has Alzheimer's or dementia and may not be able to communicate or understand what you're saying thank you for your patience and when you give that to a server or someone in a store or maybe even your neighbor they understand what's happening and you're giving some dignity to your loved one too because the last thing I want to be is in a restaurant going pointing behind their back or mm -hmm. so just do that and it's just a matter of communicating you can't be afraid embarrassed ask for help well i told you the one neighbor her husband has dementia and he was roaming around people's yards and he was letting the dog poo on the sidewalk and not cleaning it up and she went and gave one of those cards to all the neighbors and they're like he could have coffee with us yeah they we'll went clean from up the they went from their pitchforks and you right. know and Torches. Hallelujah. Right. Let me get, come on my lawn. <laughs> yeah, so you know what? But they didn't know. People don't know. Generally, people are there to help you. Start early. Get your friends and neighbors involved. Contact people like Linda. If you need financial assistance, contact people like me. Get this conversation going while you're young, while everyone's healthy. Yeah, it's not a fun conversation. No. But you do it once. And you get the ball rolling, it's going to yeah. make life so much right. easier. Because it'll be mo so much more painful to do it later. Absolutely. So much more painful. Or potentially impossible to do later. Exactly. Thanks, Linda, for joining me on a, for another great show. Um, and listeners, Thanks, Dan. If take a look at the show notes for Linda's contact information. And if you need my number, it's 888 508 5935. The topics on this show are wide ranging, yet relevant to people approaching or living in retirement, like me. If there is a topic you want to hear on the show, head to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact Dan to request your topic or to share your opinion. Dan Mundo or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Dolphin Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.